Mesechta Seite Dav Beis Amud Aleph Amkana Leishtoi Perik Rishen A woman who her husband was Mekaneher That means that he told her that she should not be misyached, not go into a hiding place with this individual. And she did go into hiding, and that is that she transgressed on his instruction, and she went into hiding. That is what is called a soita. She is prohibited to her husband uh, from the Torah, uh, to have you know relationship with her husband as a same as a married woman who had out-of-marriage relationships. Unless she will be checked out as the order in the Pasuk, in the Parsha, and it will be proven that she had not had a relationship with that individual. The order, the way the checking took place, is that her husband would bring her to the Beis HaMikdash, and the high court would give her to drink the mayim ma'orim, the bitter waters. Uh, if she would be in pain with uh, many uh, pains and, uh, and uh, she would die uh, from that uh, water, that's a sign that she was, uh, had the relationship with him. And if the water did not hurt her, that's the sign that she is clean and that she did not have a relationship with him. And then she goes back to her husband and also, in addition, she would actually be blessed with male sons. If the woman admits that she had a relationship, then they would not give her the water, but rather he would divorce her and she would lose her kisuba, the same as an Ashish as a married woman who had an extramarital relationship. Likewise, if the woman says that she does not want to be uh, checked, or the husband says he doesn't want to check her, then she would not drink this water. In such situation, is similar that we would not give her to drink. The husband is not, uh, the husband is obligated to divorce her. And even after she's divorced or her husband dies, she still remains prohibited to that person who she went into hiding with her um, and she had a relationship with. And likewise, she would not eat uh, truma like a halacha of a married woman who had an extramarital relationship. So now we learn the mission. So the Mishnah, a husband who warns his wife. And he tells her, do not go into hiding with this person. And she transgresses his instructions and she goes into hiding willingly with him. Rabbi Lezer says that she would not become prohibited on her husband as the law of Asaita is, and also he would not give her to drink the bitter waters, unless al he had to instruct her in front of two kosher witnesses. And he testified, warned them, uh, and they testified that he has instructed her in front of them. Uh, however, they only have to testify that he 
a warned, the husband warned in front of them. But they don't need, we don't need two witnesses that she went into uh, seclusion, that she hid, that she went into hiding with that individual. But rather, even if only one witness testifies that she went into hiding with him, or the husband himself says, I saw that she went into seclusion with that person. So then she becomes a soita, which is prohibited to her husband, and we would give her to drink these ma'im uh, other in the bitter waters. Rabbi Yeshua disagrees, and he says, he says that she would not be considered to be a soita, to be prohibited to her husband, and to give her to drink the bitter waters, unless that there are two witnesses testifying that he instructed her in front of them not to go into hiding, into seclusion with that person. And also he can give her to drink by two witnesses, that there are two witnesses testifying that she went into seclusion and hiding in front of them. So, as mentioned before, the woman is not considered to become a soita unless her husband warned her and she transgressed his warning. So the Mishnah learns, What is the instruction that he tells her? If He tells her in front of two, Don't speak with this individual. That is not considered to be a warning. So although she transgresses his command, she does talk with him, and even if she goes into seclusion with that person, later on, it says Beferish, that for just saying, um, this is on the uh, the Gemara says that if she says, uh, if he said to her, uh, just Al-Tidabri uh, Mishplani, uh, and then Dibra, or even if he says Altidabri and she goes into seclusion, so that does not count. So although Rashi's lotion over here, Rashi says, Vidibra imoi shaloi that would seem to say that if she spoke, that she spoke to him, Rashi says, in a not secluded area, that seems to say that if she spoke in a secluded area, then that would be kinu, but that is not the case. Rashi's only saying uh, the way it seems in the Loshan, in the Pashtas, Loshan is the Gemara, as the Gemara explains later on, that in all of these cases, just saying, Al-Tidabri, it doesn't matter if she was Medabri, it doesn't matter if she Nistra, Loshan Al-Tidabri itself does not constitute kina. In order to constitute kina, it has to be Beferish telling her that she should not, al that she should not go into seclusion. She still remains permitted to her home to have relationship with her husband. And she is still permitted to eat truma if her husband is a koyin, she's the wife of a koyin. However, if he tells her, don't go into hiding, seclusion with that person, she transgresses his instructions. And then, she went in with that person. Leves Haseser in a place of seclusion, and she was time with him, spent time with him, 
as long as it takes to become defiled, to have their relationship, the time of the Hara. So then, Asura Levesa, then she is prohibited to have relationships with her f- husband. And then she is permit, uh, prohibited to eat the truma if her husband is a koyen, just like the halacha would be for a married woman who had uh, witnesses that she had an extra marital affair. As long as she did not drink the water and we did not prove that she is actually innocent, that she's tahira, that she's clear. The im meis, and if the husband dies before he had a chance to give her to drink the saita water, the maimamodidim, and they did not have any children, so then she, the woman cannot go get married without either having yibum or chalitza. Uh, when a woman, uh, when a woman's husband dies, and her husband they didn't have any children, then he has to marry the brother. So she says, says, but this woman who was in this Saita status, so she takes Chalitza from her husband's brother, but and she does not take Yibu. The Gemara will give the reason. So the Gemara asks, Our Tana completed to occupy himself in the Masechus Nazir. My Tana, the Koton is Saito. What matter did the Tana learn in Nazir, which is similar to Saito? So that he brought the Masechus Saito after Nazir. And the Gemara says, Kiderebi, this is based on the words of Rebbe. The Tanya, we learned in Abraisa Rabbi Yemir Rabbi says, Lo monis mecha parashas nazir, the parashas saita. Why was the portion of nazir brought in the Torah close to the portion of saita to teach you? Loimalach to tell you, Shakol haraya saita bikilkulam, that one who sees this saita in her uh, disgrace, yazir azir atzmei min hayayin, he should separate himself from wine, he should accept upon himself Nazirus. So the Torah writes the Nazir to the Parsha Saita to tell you that you should take Nazirus after you see what goes on with the Saita. Because he should prohibit himself drinking wine because that brings a person to lightheadedness. And the lightheadedness is what caused the Saita to sin. And therefore for this reason also the Tana brought the Masechta Saita close to Masechta Nazir for the same reason. So the Gemara says, in that case, if so, Vilisne Saita, so let him first learn Saita, Vahadir Lisne Nazir, and then he should learn Nazir, just as the order of the Parshas. The Gemara answers that the order of the Masechta in the Nashim was said like this because I did the Tana since he learns the Masechta's Kisubis. Betano Hamadir and Meseches Kisubas, he learns the chapter of Hamadir, which deals with matters of Nidorim. Avows Tano, so then next to that Mesechti learns Nidorim. But I did the Tano Nidorim, and since he learns the Meseches Nidorim, Tano, he learns next to it Nazir, because the Domel Nidorim, because a Nazir is also similar to a, to a Nadir, because the Nazirus 
takes place through the vow that he accepts upon himself. Vikotani Saita and then he learns the Mesakh's Saita next to Mesakh's Nazir Kidirabi to teach you that anyone who sees this Saita as she is disgraced, he should separate himself from the wine. So now the Gemara learns out from the language as the Tana that he says, Hamikane, one who warns his wife and doesn't say. The Mishnah doesn't say that let's say a person should So it's mashma the avid ein that only after the fact yes, but the beginning no. In other words, it's not appropriate for a person to warn his wife, and the whole portion of soita is only written in a way that he transgressed the prohibition and he did. Uh, warn her, Kosovar Tana Didon, our Tana holds, Osur Lekanois, it is prohibited to warn because this warning causes a fight between the husband and the wife because he suspects her. Omar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Rabbi Yitzchok, Sarab Shmuel Bar Rabbi Yitzchok says, when Rishlokish started learning and expounding in the portion of Saita, Omar Hachi, this is what he would say. This is what Abshmur would say. That we don't peer up to a man, a wife, but only based on his own action. That if uh, he is a righteous person, he gets a modest woman. But if he is an evil person, he gets a peruta, he gets an immodest woman. Shenemar. The Pasik says, Kilo Yonuach Shevet Horeshel Horesha Al Goyle Latsadikim. That the Shevet, uh, the Horesha, the Resha will not land on the lot of the Tzadikim. And the Pasik continues, Laman Lo Yishlucha Tzadikim. So that the tzaddikim should not have the bad in their hands. So we see that the uh, person is fit, the his lot, his wife, that he gets according to his action. It's difficult to pair them up, a man with a woman. Just like this splitting of the sea of reeds in which the orders of creation were changed around, that's how much it's difficult to peer up a man with a woman. Shenemar, as the Pasik equates uh, the marriage to or pairing up to a it says, which means Hashem places Yechidim individual singles, and He forms from them a bias. They were each individuals, and He brings them into one house, and also He took out those who were incarcerated, those in prison in Egypt, in a time which is kosher, which is fine and good to walk, which means in the time of Nisan, which is not too hot, not too cold. So we have the comparison in the posik in the verse, between the marriage of a man and a woman to the splitting of the sea. 
So the Gemara asks, Amy, but that's not so. That what he said, that it's so difficult. It's not so. But Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rav, that 40 days before the formation of the male, of the baby, of the fetus, So baskol yotzeis, a baskol goes out. Vayimeres, and it says bas ploini liploini. The daughter of this one will be for this one for that velod that is about to be uh, formed. Bayis ploini liploini. This house will go to this poor this velod, or so the ploini liploini this field to this one this velod. So we see over here that the zivug, the match, is not set up by their action, because at the time of uh, the formation of the person, we don't know whether it's going to be a tzaddik or a rasha. So that means that the uh, it's been already predetermined who's going to be for whom without knowing the tzaddik or rasha. So how do we say? That it is uh, based on Lifi Maisov. So the Gemara answered the Gemara, like Kashi, this isn't difficult. Oh, this that Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rav, that 40 days before the formation of the fetus, the match is already determined, Minishamayim, this is Bizivu Gurishoin. That is by the first match, which goes by the luck. In other words, where Hashem has put them together. But oh, this that Rish Lakish says that the match is determined that a tzaddik gets a modest and a rasha an immodest. That is talking about Sheni by the second marriage over there. It's according to their uh, mice. Further, we learned in our Mishnah, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Lezer says, That he warns her by two, Rabbi Yeshua, and then Rabbi Yeshua says, No, one learns, Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshua, don't argue whether you need two or one is enough, Elo, Bikinu, Stira. Only with regards to the warning and the hiding, according to Rabbi Lezer, you need two witnesses. Only for the warning, and according to Rabbi Yeshua, we need two witnesses also for the seclusion. Avol betuma, but if there was for tuma, if two witnesses testify on the uh, that there was uh, a warning and that there was seclusion, and one witness comes and he testifies that there were actually a relationship with those people when, with that person when she was in seclusion with him. So everybody agrees that that this one witnesses would be believed and then you would not check her with the bitter water. But she would go out of Aksuba and she would be prohibited to the husband and also to that person who had the relationship with her. Because we don't see a machlokes about that between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yeshua. But Nami, we also learned so in the Mishnah that Eid Echad Eimer Anir Oisi Shadit Meis that one witness has said I saw that she had become 
Tomei that she had a relation with that person when she went into seclusion with him. She would not drink from the bitter water because we trust the witness that she actually had a relationship. So the Gemara asked me, what is the source from the Torah? Where do we know that one person is believed to say that she had that affair? The Gemara answers, um, the Gemara is looking for a verse uh, in the Torah in which the Torah says that one witness would be believed to testify after uh, the husband has warned her and she has gone into seclusion uh, and then you have one witness that testifies that she is has actually uh, committed the sin that she has defiled herself in that seclusion that even though it's one witness he would be believed because always in the Torah we know that it takes two witnesses to uh, convict someone or to um, have us uh, believe with certainty that it took place it takes two witnesses but in this case we're saying that one witness that would testify that she had a relationship would be believed to the extent that she is no longer considered to be a soito which needs to go through the process of checking but actually immediately she would be considered a, a saita and would not uh, I mean uh, defiled and she would not be checked and she would need to leave her husband uh, without a kasuba and she would uh, be prohibited to both him and the person who she's accused of having the relationship now this seems to be that we are passing judgment just based on the testimony of one witness which is uh, unusual because how do we believe one witness? But the Gemara says that we learn out the Braises from the Posik. Now the Posik is in Bamidbor Perik Hay, and the Posik that's in the beginning of the portion of Soit of the section of Soita, the Posik Yud Gimel states over there, Vishokhaf Ish Oiso Shikhvazera, he had a uh, relationship with the woman. Uh, that is this strange man, um, and then the verse says the person the uh, she had a relationship, Vanilla Meene Isha, and her husband uh, did not know. And then the verse states as follows: Vinistera, she has gone into seclusion. and she became defiled, which means. The Torah is telling us that she became defiled. But how do we know that she became defiled? So the verse continues and says, Ve'eid einba. And the way we're interpreting now is, Ve'eid einba. And there is not uh, two witnesses, but there is one witness. So even though it says, tells you about the negative, what there is not. But what we're trying to say is there is no two, but there is one. She is defiled because, notwithstanding that there is no two witnesses, but there is one witness. As if the Torah would be saying here, because there is one witness testifying. And the verse finally concluded, concludes, 
and she was not coerced. The key for this word, from this verse, to know what the verse is talking about is the words, she was not coerced, but she actually willingly participated. That seems to uh, tell us that the verse is trying to find guilt for this woman, because we're saying that she was not coerced, and therefore she is guilty, and therefore she is nitma, she has been defiled, and that means that we believe the witnesses. So in this context, the way we're translating it, the aid einba, that there is no two witnesses, and the Pasuk is trying to tell us over here that there is one witness who says that she is Tome, and she wasn't coerced, so even though the Pasuk doesn't say he's believed or that uh, those words, but we understand what the Pasuk is saying is that we believe that witness because it says and she wasn't cursed, means that she is guilty, which means that it took place it did happen and she is guilty because she was not coerced so therefore she is guilty, which means she is Tomei if she was not guilty, so uh, we cannot be talking whether she was coerced or not coerced. I mean, she hadn't even done it. So what does it mean she was cursed or that she wasn't coerced, but she did it willingly? So that means we're saying that she has actually defiled herself. The problem is, in the con- it seems like in the context of the verse itself, uh, since we're trying to uh, say that she has defiled because she did it willingly, so we have to sort of interpret the word, the aid einba, that there is no two witnesses over there, but there is one witness. So because if there is nobody testifying that she uh, committed adultery, that she had a relationship what does it mean then? How do you know that she's Tommy? So it has to be one witness testifying uh, to that effect. So that would tell us by itself, just the verse itself seems to tell us that it's talking about that there is no two witnesses and the verse is telling us that one witness convicts her and makes her Tommy. And this is the Pasik that the Gemara is bringing. But the Braise seems to bring proof that this is the case, that the meaning of the verse of the Eid Einba means that it's not, doesn't mean that there is no, not even one witness. Now, the way we said now, if there was no witnesses there, if the Eid, because it says in the singular way, then we could not learn the verse in of itself doesn't make any sense because if there is no one witness, so why are we saying that she is defiled? Then there is nobody testifying against her. So what does it make sense? That she wasn't forced, she wasn't coerced. I mean, how, 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 there's nobody telling us anything that she even did anything. So what is it we're talking about coerced or not coerced? So it seems that from the verse itself, we can figure this out. But the Gemara starts off with the Braise. The Gemara is going to ask this, and Ahmed Beis, the Gemara is going to ask, why do we need to go through this land? But here, the Braise says like this, the Tana Rabbonon, the Rabbon, we learned in the Braise that it, when the Pasik says here, the aid ain't bought, there is no aid. 
So notwithstanding the fact that the word aid is a singular, but you need to know that what we're talking about is Bishnai Makos of Medaber. The Pasik is talking about that there is no two witnesses. And we proved it before as we were speaking from the verse itself, but the Braise proves it from elsewhere that the word aid normally means two, notwithstanding the fact that it's a singular language. As the Braise asks, so Einoi Elo Afilu Be'echod. Uh, but maybe it doesn't mean, maybe it means that there is no witness, not even one. And like I said, it doesn't make sense over here. If aid means there is not one witness, how could she be Tommy? But we'll see on uh, uh, the Gemara further on. But the Gemara says, we have a Pasik, we have a proof that when it says aid, it means Shnaim. Talmud Loimar, because the Pasik says in Dvarim, Yutes, the Pasik says over there that Loyokum. That one witness cannot stand up to a person to testify against them. Now, so over here we see that the Torah uses the lotion of Eid Echad. Instead of saying, one witness says Eid Echad. It specifically says one witness. So that seems to be an extra language of saying one witness when Eid by itself means one. 